1: Welcome along to episode 638 of The Milk Bar Jason Forrest here with you as ever and coming up on the show this week Jake Sharp will be joining us to chat about School of Rock, Andrew Lloyd Webber's musical is at the Grand Theatre from the 21st through to the 25th of September, it will be an absolute treat, so we'll be finding out all about that, on top of that Carol Smiley's along to have a bit of a chat about fashion we'll be talking to Gareth Thomas about the work that's been done by Asda Doctors to improve men's health and get them talking when something's wrong also Slim and Blade are along, we've got some brilliant music from them. Big Zoo will be here as we'll be having a natter about some of the work that's been done with charities and the co-op to make sure that the young adults who suffered particularly badly during the pandemic have some sort of help. And on top of that, we're talking about Codsall's Christmas Fair as we chat with the chairman of the group that are putting together what will be an amazing event on the 3rd of December. That's all on the show this week. With Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre, playing host to School of Rock from the 21st through to the 25th of September. It's going to be an amazing, raucous time. Some brilliant music on stage, some wonderful people performing. One of those is Jake Sharp. Hello, sir. Hello there. How are we doing? All right? I'm good. You, you all right? Keeping out of trouble? Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, doing all right. That's the way we like it. So, uh, <laughs> first of all, obviously, uh, local lads, Staffordshire born and bred, and uh, having a great time on the road with the show.
2: Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm a... Uh... Uh, Wolves fan, so I'm excited to be back in Wolverhampton um, Yeah, it's, uh, it's been great we've, we've, I mean, we've only just opened We just opened last night in Hull uh, It was it was amazing Just a fantastic crowd Really, really good experience Like one of those kind of You know, it's been a long time Been, uh, been a long time coming and, uh, and it was just, it was brilliant
1: you know? So it's going to be great to have you down here And we're going to enjoy the show, I know that But give us a, a bit of the background Because I have to admit, I haven't seen the Jack Black movie of this
2: right well you're in for a treat um so basically the story the synopsis is uh is about a guy called Dewey Finn who's me um and he is a failed failing rock star a bit kind of down on his look can't afford to pay the rent lives with his best friend um and he is a bit of a child you know a Jack Black a classic Jack Black-esque character um and uh and he has just been kicked out of his band. He needs some money to pay the rent. And he intercepts a phone call, which was meant for his housemate, uh, Ned Schneebly, his best friend. Um, this phone call is from uh, a school called Horace Green, which is a kind of public, private school, sorry, uh, or a posh school. Um, and asking Ned Schneebly to go in and be a supply teacher. So Dewey, uh, me, pretend to be Ned Schneebly to go in, go into the school, pretend to be a teacher, take the money so he can buy instruments and he competes in the battle of the bands, which is his dream. Obviously realizes when you get to there, you can't just ask for money. When you get to school, you've got to be (laughs) a teacher. So he uh, does a bit of teaching. Well, teaching realizes these children are absolutely unbelievable musicians and thinks I'll start a band with them. Um, And this is his way of getting into the Battle of the Bands. Uh, And then I won't, the the story carries on from there. We we don't want spoilers. No, no spoilers. Um, Exactly. No spoilers. But that is the premise. (laughs) Uh, It sounds absolutely ridiculous when you say it out loud as a plot, (laughs) but it works really well and it's really fun. And it's just, just, just great. And, you know, kind of perfectly high energised entertainment with a nice entertaining plot, let's say.
1: Oh, yeah, but, And 14 brand new songs in there as well.
2: Yeah, Andrew Lloyd Webber's written an amazing rock score that goes alongside it. So there's some of the songs from the film, if, you are, if, if there are people that are fans of the film, there are some of the, the, the songs that you'll recognise. Um, uh, and, then, and then all these, these new ones that Lloyd Webber's written, which are, you know, fantastic, like genuinely really, really good. Um, kind of some, some proper good rock songs and a couple of big ballads and, you know, all the, all the classic musicals. Musical hits,
1: <laughs> and uh, Andrew, whoever knows how to make these things work. But uh, so you've got the the comedy elements, you've got the storyline, and you've got the kids taking part too. So, what's it like being on the road of this rabble?
2: They are <laughs> unbelievable. They're unbelievable. they so we opened last night. Like I say, there's 45 in total, um, divided into different groups and blah blah. You know, so they can't all work certain days and etc etc. Cetera, et cetera. Um, and they are just the nicest bunch to start with, the nicest bunch of young actors. They're unbelievably sickeningly talented, <laughs> like, like borderline annoyingly talented actually. Um, come on, we,
1: we know you've come through the ranks and have been exactly the same thing yourself. So don't, yeah, come on.
2: No, I don't know. You wait until you see them. They play live every night. Their instrument, their, their musicianship is just, is frightening. Um, and they're just so nice and just, it's really, really inspiring. Um, it's, it's going to be a, a fantastic year, I think, in, in general. But I think seeing these, seeing them kind of grow and seeing them develop, like last night, just their faces. Some of them have never been on stage before. That was their first time ever on stage. And it's packed house, amazing audience. And they just, they just absolutely, shine. came to the party. They were, they're brilliant. You're, you'll be blown away when you see them, honestly. it's, it's just, just to emphasise, they play live. They play their instruments live. Everything that you hear of them is live and it it blows my mind every time.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: because you have to be super surprised every time as well. And by the sense of things, that doesn't require too much acting because you're just amazed at how great it is.
2: You forget every single time and then they start <laughs> and you're like, oh my god, this is ridiculous.
1: So how do you think you would have got on with, with Dewey as a teacher at school? Do you think that would have worked for you?
2: Yeah. I think the thing is that I trained to be a teacher and I feel like I don't really I feel like now that I'm playing this ridiculous kind of caricature of a, of a bad teacher, I realized that maybe I that's just what I was doing before. Um, <laughs> uh, so no wonder that didn't really work out very well. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's he's kind of that thing. He's that kind of, uh, a bit, he's all over the place, you know, he's a, <laughs> a, he's a child himself. He's yeah. a very kind of, you know, um, self-centered and self-serving. But, in, in a way, he's the best, they, it, there's a song that's about it, that in a way he's kind of the best teacher that they have because he's the only one who really listens to them. And mm-hmm. he's the only one that um, that gives them kind of any attention that's not just to do with uh, grades and, and, and achievements. And uh, yeah, he's one of those teachers that you either would've loved or would've have... <laughs> <laughs> run to the run for the hills
1: <laughs> And with, obviously a, a big cast, you already mentioned there's 45 kids Involved in the production, but a fair few uh, Teaching staff too get involved, don't they?
2: Oh yeah, I mean the adults are The adult cast is, is phenomenal, it's always the Way with the show that you kind of end up forgetting That you've got just some absolute Amazing performances um, Rebecca Locke plays uh, Miss Mullins, Rosalie Mullins is the head teacher Of the school, she's absolutely Sensational, um, you know Quite a, a, a well-known person in the biz and unbelievably well respected um matt Rowland plays ned schneebly and nadia violet johnson is is playing patty and it's i think it's one of her first her first gigs so it's and she's absolutely killing it as is matt um yeah everyone everyone's so strong it's just one of those that everyone has to be so strong because you just don't know quite what's going to happen when you've got that many young actors on stage, you have to <laughs> have some solidity somewhere else.
1: <laughs> and of course, in this day and age, this comes with a, a bit of a, a COVID rider as well. You have to do things in certain ways and, and that means it's, it, you get to be less interactive outside the show, but you can have a brilliant time inside it.
2: Yeah, it's been a bit weird. I mean, it's, I mean obviously everyone, it's weird for everyone in the whole world, isn't it? Like, It's, it's, just, it's just when it come, when you go back to, I feel like we'd found, I'd found out how to kind of live during COVID-ish hopefully, you know, during when you're not working, because obviously the industry was so affected as so, with so many. But now that you're back, you just, you know, we we were in tech and we were in rehearsals and you just suddenly realise, like, even in rehearsals, you can't, you have to kind of keep a distance. You have to be masked up as much as you can. And mm-hmm. there's, there's so much stuff, you know, you'll, you'll see, which is so physical and so kind of tactile in the show. And um, it's very, you know, I'm very sweaty and it's all kind of part of it. And, you know, um so it feels like pre pandemic when you're on stage, but obviously like you say, then when you're off stage, it's very different. And when you're out front and you're meeting people, it's very different. And um, from what we've seen in Hull, like, you know, the theater have just been unbelievable and what they've put in place. And I'm sure that's the same throughout the rest of the country, you know, all these things that have been put in place to make it all feel so safe. And, and hopefully, I mean, that's the thing, hopefully that for audience members, everyone feels, um, confident to go because I know that that's where the, the issue will be is it's just making sure that audiences have got the confidence to kind of go back to theatre and to be in that in that position and from what we've seen so far it it's it definitely it's it's all good it's all good well,
1: I, yeah I know the ground are doing a great job and they've been looking after people on events over the last few weeks this is the first big touring show to return following the pandemic grandtheatre.co.uk to get your tickets you can call 01902 429212 for the box office number and make sure you go along and see Jake Sharp as Dewey Finn in School of Rock from the 21st through to the 25th September Jake thank you for joining us
2: Thank you so much for having me, I can't wait to see you you
1: Fresh from the festival circuit, Slim and Blade have many more gigs booked for the next few weeks and months. Also, some brilliant music to listen to out right there. And I'm joined now by Ryan, Adam, and Steve. Hello to you all. Hey.
0: hey. Right.
1: So first of all, who's going to be official spokesperson uh, to, to, to begin things and tell us what's going on at the minute
3: with the band? I would probably uh, vote for Ryan. He's probably going yeah. <laughs> to. Yeah.
0: Ryan. Yeah. To I'll, I'll, do it. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. I'll take Ryan, it. Ryan, what's happening
1: then,
4: mate? <laughs> I'll never know what's going on.
0: <laughs> um,
4: yeah, I'll say an advertisement for these too. it's you just told me straight, I can count to four. I can repeat.
5: I can make a lot of noise. I'm the man for your job. Um,
1: it's a good job you're a drummer because otherwise um, no, you'd be basically heckling. So that's uh, that's a good start. <laughs> you don't really want to heckle your band, and uh, <laughs> as it is with the the way the the, the band's formed now, I mean, Ada, you really, you're pretty chuffed with how it's going, aren't you?
3: Yeah. I mean, I feel like obviously, you know, I don't want to be that uh, negative Nelly and talk about the pandemic because everyone's been affected by the pandemic. You know, even people who say they haven't been, they have, it's changed a lot of people's lives, but I feel like the, what it's done for us three really is just make us uh, a bit more thankful not to go too cheesy, really, but we're very, we're very thankful for the the friendship that we've got and we feel very privileged to be able to play the music that we do. So, The last few gigs were amazing, long may it continue and then hopefully maybe next year get in the studio and record some new music, but at the minute we're just so happy to be out there um, playing for people really, it's, uh, yeah, we've really missed it.
6: (laughs) So so Ryan, what's the settlers looking like at the moment then, all the original material? We do, we do drop a few covers in there now because we feel like, um, you got you've got to you've got to please people. You've got to be crowd crowd pleasers as well. So if they enjoy your music, but you you play a few things that they might like, uh, it, it's all the better. So um, we we drop a little bit of Green Day in there. Um, you know some classics. Uh, my one friend who came to see us at the festival the weekend says we need to play some Kings of Leon. So we might have to drop some Kings of Leon in there at some point. But, yeah, we, we just, we we do mainly originals and we drop a couple of covers in there just for good measure, to be fair.
1: But, I mean, are you playing covers by bands who've influenced you anyway?
6: Yeah, I would say so. Um, Adam and Steve really, really love Green Day. So I think that comes across when we play it, that we, yeah. <laughs> there's Steve's tattoo there. Um, so, like, I think we we all enjoy Green Day. Um so we, we just want to put that across. We occasionally dabble in a bit of Nirvana as well, um, because we're heavily influenced by them as well.
1: And, and, and Steve, when it comes to the, the drumming side of things, obviously uh, the, this, all these bands have amazing drummers. Uh, how do you measure up? I, I take it you're up there. I
5: believe I am, personally. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of them trades being a drummer. It's so like you never finish learning, Like mm-hmm. every song we look at, it's always a new... It's a new avenue to Texas. So it's always something different. Although if you're playing on your own, it does sound like a lot of banging about, but
7: it's always <laughs> different. It's always
0: different. Never stop
1: learning. <laughs> so who's taking the lead on the songwriting then and letting this man get on with the, a few nice drum solos? Bad.
3: Yeah. Bad. I, I usually, it has, has worked, but I'm not saying this is our formula. Usually what happens is I'll have an idea and I'll say to these two lads, I think I've got an idea. And then Steve's like, oh, oh, great, uh, show it us. But then Ryan, because he knows how I work over the years, i will go, oh, have, you know, have a look at it, mate. It'll Come back to us when it's when you've got a little bit more. But then usually I'll, I've told him I've got an idea. A Couple of weeks goes by and then I've got more of a song. And then pretty much when we're in rehearsal, it's like, well, this is how it goes. Let's have a go of playing it. And then after that, really, it kind of writes itself. Um, almost kind of we have the the bones of the song pretty much after a couple of weeks playing it and then it's just a case of um do we need to add more here do we need to take away some do we need a solo here do we need a breakdown here um and then yeah that's that's pretty much part really just trying to figure it out between the three of us but we've we've written a, a quite a song quite recently haven't we lads um yeah. my, my escape that that we've added into the set and it's been going down really well. So whatever we're doing seems to be working. <laughs>
1: which is the good thing. So it brings it all together and it makes a, a sound, which will say, although you've got influences, although you didn't cover it, it is your own, isn't it? And we'll, we'll hear that when we uh, take a listen to a single that you released in the early part of 2021 in a minute or two.
6: So we're going to listen to our um, second single, uh, Battle Cry. It was released um, earlier in 2021. Um, Adam managed to put the video together. And obviously, because I think we were in, lockdown at the time, we had to film it separately. So if you see in the video that we're uh, all sort of filming in our houses or Steve's filming in his garden. Um, So it was an amazing thing to shoot and a bit of a headache for Adam to put together. But the song is ready, it's on all our platforms, YouTube, Spotify, but anywhere that you get your music, it's available. And um, I think we did well to make a music video under those circumstances.
1: Yeah, and I think one thing that we're just going to see going forward is, we will look back whether it be repeats of, I don't know, Bargain Hunt on TV when things are different or even, you know, yeah. music videos and everything <laughs> like that. Everything yeah. of, of this last 18 months, be, nigh on two years nearly now, uh, yeah. is going to have a, a slightly different feel to it. And it'll be something that's off its time, but still time as it moves forward. And I think your, your, your music and, and uh, yeah, the way we hear all this and you know, when we get uh, the, the next uh, full album release, something like that, it's, it's, it's all going to have an element of... That life over the last 18 months and, and, and lockdowns etc and uh, I mean Adam again I mean what, what can we expect on, on on a long player in the near future?
3: Well yeah I mean you know you've mentioned um, life out to be in the last few years I mean obviously for a long time we couldn't get together at all me and the lads so we did a lot of this Zoom calls and keeping up to date but the funny thing was with me obviously like the world was ending and there was a lot of like you know crazy stuff going on it felt like but i was just looking at it and i was like there's some inspiration there there's something i can use in a song there there's something i'd never think that would ever happen and it was, like, i was at my most inspired when i couldn't even see these guys so now we're together really it's just a case of just working through the material and just keep pushing and keep pushing and playing really mm-hmm. um it's, it's great to be getting out to people though i can't i can't stress that enough like we obviously for a while, we were allowed to practice, but we were learn, weren't allowed to play. That was, that was a weird one. So we were in the studio. Uh, we do about three, four hours a week, hammering stuff out. And then it was like, oh, we've got no gigs anyway. Um, so playing them in front of people is, I can't can't like stress that enough. It's just the best thing in the world right now. Mm-hmm.
0: So you
3: know, I think it's going to be more playing, more writing, and just, just seeing what we can do. I mean, if we can get on some decent support slots with some decent bands, that's kind of what we're after. And more festivals really, probably looking like next year now. Um, but just keeping the excitement going, whether that be a new release or, or playing with a slightly bigger band. That's what we're all about, really, just having fun and just, you know, what rock music's all about, kind of getting out of your frustrations and all that, you know.
1: <laughs> Full on shirtless rock at the last gig as well, which was slightly disturbing.
3: Honestly, I, I thought, oh, it's a sunny day. Shorts and short top, I'll be fine, the lads will tell you they could see the sweat beading off me like by halfway through the set and i told them before we went on set, lads oh, i'm a bit hot here i am this this is a- <laughs> for me and uh i think it was either ryan or steve it was like "A dare you to take your shirt off
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: i'm gonna back down from a dare am i so you <laughs> know <laughs> on stage semi nudity that's that that sells rock and roll does
1: not it to be fair that's that's the way it works so we're going to take a listen to your work now. And uh, you know, where do we go to on all the social, etc., to find not only pictures of you half-naked on stage, Ad, but also the rest of the music too?
6: Um, obviously, we, we've, we've got Facebook, we've got Instagram. Um, we're big on YouTube and Spotify, but anywhere that you stream your music, you'll be able to find our music. Um, Adam's going to start an OnlyFans now um, <laughs> after his shirtless antics. So that's going to get us a lot of money. Uh, for the band that's going to help fund our new record um <laughs> but yeah now seriously any socials any um any anywhere you stream your music you'll be able to find our, our singles
1: That sounds like it's going to be a treat for everybody boys thank yeah. you
6: for joining us check out
1: slim and blade and uh you will not be disappointed i can tell you that thanks again
6: cheers thank you
4: the people of this country will rise to that challenge and we will come through it stronger, stronger, stronger than, than, ever, ever, than ever than ever than
1: Codsall Christmas Fair Group are making preparations for this year's event. There's an awful lot going on. Their chair, Lewis Stobin, joins me now to let me know more. Hello, sir. Thank you very much for this opportunity.
5: Right, let me give you some background. This is the fifth year of the event. We Mm -hmm. obviously didn't have one last year, uh, thanks to our friend COVID, but nevertheless, we are full steam ahead for this year's event. Um, Basically, we shut the whole of the middle of Codsall. Mm -hmm. And it becomes an event area. All the roads into the village centre are closed. And we fill it with about 50 stalls. We have um, two fairgrounds occupying the two village centre pub car parks. We have two live bands. We have street entertainers. We have our town crier. And we have Santa's Grotto. And then towards the end of the event, around 7 o'clock... we have um, the school choirs singing carols around the Christmas tree and this is then a, joined in with the whole community and everybody can have a jolly good sing song.
1: So it is a full community event and it
5: really is the start of Christmas for everybody in Codsall. Absolutely it is. And the whole community is involved. We have a small working group. There's only seven of us, um, but all the shops are involved, the pubs are involved, the businesses are involved and... It really is a superb community event, and it attracts, well, the last event attracted nearly 4,000 people to the village. So it was quite busy, incredibly festive, and it's damn good fun too.
1: And Consul is such a, a nice community feel to it in itself. I mean, you've got everything at the, the village hall that hosts so many fantastic events, uh, but really taking over the whole of the, uh, the area and, and bringing in fun fairs and the like as well. It just really gives a, a great buzz. So what are the dates and how, how's the timeline work if people right. want to get involved?
5: OK, it is Friday the 3rd of December. We will be shutting all the village centre roads at two o'clock the, when the stallholders start to arrive everything will be set up by four o'clock and the event runs through till eight o'clock in the evening. But even although the event finishes at that time, our pubs and clubs have got music and food and also they continue on into the night if you like. (laughs) But yes, absolutely everybody's involved and it's just great fun for everyone and everyone enjoys it. In the five years we've been doing it, I think we've had one
1: complaint and that's
5: <laughs> because a chap couldn't get into his car park.
1: And that was it.
0: That's, uh, and, and that's
1: and that's what it should be. Say so it is everyone coming together and that's the nice part of it. There's no no dissenters because it's Christmas and it is a console Christmas, which is what counts. Really? And, uh, so the, the beautiful village, the, the great community atmosphere. And uh, so you've mentioned stallholders there. Uh, I take it you're at the moment taking bookings for stallholders to come and join you. Just starting
5: now, yes, absolutely. We've put out um, information to the uh, stallholders that were with us last time and we shall be running a little bit of an ad campaign. There's already a Facebook page running. The website is currently being updated as we speak. Um, And uh, there will be advertising in the local free papers and and, uh, local press uh, over the next week or two. And if people book before the end of um, September, they get a fibre off. So That's it's like very it. much go to event. <laughs> How much <laughs> does it cost to get a stall? Actually, at the event, then it's thirty-five quid for a single stall. But you get a fiver off if you book before the thirtieth of September.
1: And, and what's provided? The
5: stallholders need to bring everything themselves. We mark out all the spaces. Um, they've got a, a t.Here's a gap of four meters allocated to each stall. So if you've got a three by three meter gazebo, um, it fits perfectly into it. And they're all spaced out. There's it's in. Three Four roads plus one of the um, uh, station road parking bays.
1: Is there anything you're particularly looking for, do you think, at the moment that you haven't had before that would be great to, as an addition?
5: Not really. What we've said to stallholders is please try and think Christmas, think Christmas gifts, think Christmas decorations, think Christmas-themed products and dress in th- Christmas-themed clothing. <laughs> Make it Christmas for everybody. We'll need that more than ever this year as well. We really do. I mean, it's been a tough couple of years for us all. Let's face it, Cotswold is a lovely place to be. It's, it's one of the villages that, that people like to be here. You mentioned community events, you mentioned the village hall, absolutely. There must be 30 or 40 volunteer groups that run all sorts of uh, um, classes in all sorts of crafts and music, And it's just a good place. We we have a tremendous community feeling here. Mm -hmm. And just going back to the event, if I may, we have two bands this year. One is a 60s cover band. The other is a a, a 15-piece ukulele band. Wow. And the average age is about five years older than me. And I know they won't mind me saying that. (laughs) I'm no spring chicken, but these guys and girls are absolutely wonderful. They're so entertaining. To hear people of that sort of age playing heavy metal on ukuleles is, is something you really have to hear. It's good <laughs> fun. It's really good fun. Festive heavy metal, like, metal
1: as well, I'm going to guess. There'll be a guess few I'm seasonal tunes too.
5: <laughs> yeah. And I also forgot to mention, of course, we've got Santa's Grotto mm-hmm. for the kids. And uh, they come along, they pay a couple of quid, they get a present, they talk to Santa, they post their their, their wish list for Christmas. It's all part of the event.
1: So as you say, it is Friday the 3rd of December. That is when Christmas will officially be starting, and uh, yeah, that is the way to, uh, to to make a great fun event. So with the, with a the fun fair and and yeah, people going out. When you see your breath in the air, maybe you'll be wearing a mask. Who knows what it would be like at the time? But uh, you'll be able to go out there and and enjoy, uh, in in a crisp December night, a fantastic festive event. But Consul's going to do everybody proud, I am absolutely sure. Fingers crossed for uh, a great turnout, and uh, it's going to be a wonderful time. Uh, Lou Stoving, Chair of the Consul Christmas Fair Committee, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, Jason. More than eight in ten women thinking there is stigma surrounding the way in which we pressurise women of a certain age to dress. There's certainly uh, an equality there that shouldn't be the case. To tell us more, I'm joined now by Carol Smiley. Good afternoon.
8: Good afternoon.
1: How do we find you to start off with?
8: Uh, you find me very well, thank you. Dressed uh, the way I want to dress.
1: <laughs> which is exactly how it should be. And, uh, but I, I have to admit, I don't consider you to be a woman of a certain age. You are a woman uh, who is ageless, which is... The, oh, thank
8: uh, you very much. But <laughs> it's, it,
1: it is strange how the pressure seems to be much more on women than men when it comes down to the yeah, dressing uh, age appropriately.
8: I'm not sure that women don't put our, we don't put ourselves under our, uh, enough pressure as it is without asking friends or inviting the scary world of social media to pass comment. Um, but certainly I think, you know, when you've had your children, they're growing up a bit, you, you can lose your way a little bit, both um, emotionally and physically that you think perhaps, Oh, I don't think I look the way I used to look in that so I'll not wear it and and we sort of have a habit of slinking into invisibility if we're not careful, um, but Kaleidoscope, uh, the women's f- fashion brand have done some research and as you rightly pointed out that eight and 10 women think there's a stigma that pressurizes them into dressing in a certain way, which is such a shame mm-hmm. because it doesn't need to be that way.
1: No, you should be able to be dressed to be you, to express yourself uh, and or, or whatever age you are. If you want to have fun and go ahead in something that's a, that's a bit exciting, you should be allowed to. That's there's, 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 there's no Absolutely. There should be nothing stopping anyone from holding back from being themselves.
8: There's a, there is a natural kind of um, evolution that takes place, I think, certainly for me personally. I, I do dress differently than I did when I was a lot younger, <clears throat> but it's my choice to do that. And that's the most important message i think if you want to do that then that's fine certain things i look at obviously i get photographed quite a lot when i'm working and you look back and think oh, well maybe that maybe i'll modify that slightly or well that looks all right and you know you kind of find your own groove um jeans being the kind of big thing i think every woman has a has several pairs of jeans in her wardrobe <laughs> i'd like to think um and kaleidoscope have launched a feel-good denim range which is designed by women for women um, it's affordable, £39 a pair, which is great. Um, and they do them from size 6 to 32. So it's covering all bases and um, making sure that you have the staple things in your, in your wardrobe that, that you know, kind of you can work and build on from there.
1: Mm -hmm. Because clothes should be about comfort and fit as a starting point. Uh, Warmth, uh, never knowing what the British weather's going to throw at us. Uh, And uh, then also, though, just having a bit of personality, too. And uh, you've got to be allowed to have personality. And there's this concept that, yeah, I I think some of you say age appropriately, more conservatively as people get older. Well, actually, why? That doesn't make sense. You wouldn't question uh, a a woman in the 50s or 60s going out in a, a, a strapless dress of an evening if you wanted yeah. to so why not any other time
8: no you're absolutely right and it, and it has moved with the times you know my mom in her 20s in her 20s would have dressed very differently in her 40s she would be wearing a lascated skirt and slipping into invisibility um that's just not the case now but we have great role models icons that we follow movie stars um celebrities that you know are leading the way a lot of the time and i think um you, know, you find your own style and and make it work for you because it's you that's you know living your life. Don't let anyone else pressure you into living it in a certain way because it makes them more comfortable.
1: But I think um, you know when it comes down to someone like yourself, we could easily see the Carol Smiley collection in any uh, <laughs> an online store, and <laughs> it, we know it would have style. That. <laughs> yeah, have a word. I'm sure they can do this. But you know, it, but it 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 is about being who you are and I mean, have you ever felt that pressure is there, I know you say you, you've changed the way you dress over time but have. Have, you, have, you, have you ever felt that there has been pressure on you
8: well I've got two daughters in their 20s and sometimes they borrow my clothes which I find hugely flattering I have to say <laughs> um but sometimes they put it on and I think oh I used to look like that in it I don't look like that in it and no um <clears throat> which is a kind of shoe and they definitely would give it a new lease of life but no, they keep me young too in a lot of ways. Um, they keep me right, and I think sometimes, you know, I can conduct weddings now um, as a for a living, and I think sometimes, you know, the, the photography comes back, and you think, right, I just would lower that hemline a wee bit because the knees ain't what they used to be. But that, as I say, is a, it, no. That's me putting it on myself, and I think we've lived in in the last year and a half in lockdown, and you know, everything's gone to pot, hasn't it? We're all dressing in very, very casual, relaxed things. cuz no one's seeing us, but now that we're creeping out into the daylight, um, it's great to see uh, brands that are, you know, trying to encourage us to dress the way we want to dress and make us feel good about ourselves.
1: Yeah, no, it could be. There are some bits that uh, we, we feel now should be a little more covered than they used to be. It shouldn't take away from the overall uh, appearance of the clothes when it comes down to the sort of style that we're showing.
8: Absolutely. If anyone wants to find out more, go to kaleidoscope.co.uk. Have a look at their feel-good denim because um, I think it would you, you'd be surprised that there's something there for everyone.
1: You're an advocate for that one, I can tell you're a, uh, <laughs> would you. Would you ever do double denim, though?
8: Um, that's an interesting question. Uh, my kids do. Yeah. And I don't know that I would, no.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, it's not going to be in the Carol
0: Smiley. So that's culture.
8: my personal taste.
0: Mm-hmm. For me,
8: I just think. Mm. See, it's when Stonewash Denim came back, I thought, oh no, I remember that the first time round. And I, and I went through it and came out the other side and vowed never to do it again. But it comes back. That's when you know you've got to a certain age because you were there the first time round.
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm there with you. Don't worry. I've I've seen it all. Uh, and it's, it's when white denim comes around again. That always scares me slightly because I once had a pair of white denim trousers, which was a bad move. I was in my 20s. I I know better now.
8: <laughs>
1: I do have white denim. On um, boys, it is a harder work than on girls. I'm quite really messy as well. So really, I, Yeah.
8: <laughs> but that's you know, that makes you feel good. You go for it, Jason. Don't let anyone talk you out of it. <laughs> I shall see how
1: we do. Right, give us that web address again one more time where we can find uh, the the fine range of clothes I have on offer.
8: Um have a look at the feel good denim range at Kaleidoscope. That's kaleidoscope kaleidoscope.co.uk.
1: So kaleidoscope.co.uk, check it out. And as I say, I reckon just just for the new spring collection, we'll see the Carol Smiley range. It's a, that's <laughs> me, it's me joking for now, but we need to have words, don't we? It should happen. <laughs>
8: Thank you, Jason. I shall
0: speak to the
1: forces. Bye. New research has revealed that two-thirds of men haven't told anyone about a health issue or concern. To tell us more, I'm joined now by Mac Din, pharmacist and Gareth Thomas, former Welsh rugby international. Good afternoon to you
7: both. Good afternoon, Jason. Good afternoon.
1: So first of all, Gareth, tell us a, a little bit about this survey itself, because so obviously y- your health issues have, have been uh, somewhat shouted about, but uh, in, in, in a good, positive way, which is the important thing.
7: Yeah, and that's why I'm, you know, kind of really proud to be a part of this, because um, I, I know the positive effects of um, talking about your health conditions. And from the research from Asda Pharmacy revealing that two thirds of men, which is a lot of men in the UK, have admitted that they don't tell anyone about their health concerns or issues, Um, even more startling than them figures are the fact that in over half of them cases of men who kept their health concern to themselves, it turned out to be an issue which should have been treated at the time or which they then became ill from. Now, this is a real ongoing issue with men and and this campaign is to get men to open up. Um, And from my lived experience of understanding, you know, what it's like to harbour the secret and and you know to live in the shame or to live in the fear um, or think it's too personal to tell anybody Um, and then having that experience and then the experience of speaking about my diagnosis speaking about the fact I'm living with HIV and having the knowledge um, and that gave me the power to be able to speak about it I only got that from consulting and from listening to pharmacists from listening to doctors from trusting in the medicine from trusting, you know, um, the science um, behind, behind the treatment. And what we need to do with this, this is to break down the barriers of fear, break down the barriers of um, embarrassment, and give, give, give men a platform to be able to go and have this anonymity. And that's what the online doctor.asda.com does it gives, it gives men a sense of anonymity to be able to go and discuss with a pharmacist. And start the process of either getting treatment um, or understanding what their ailment is and how they can treat it.
1: Yeah, and uh, we're talking about a wide range of of illnesses here. There are many things which aren't talked about, and there are a lot of things very specific to men. I mean, whether it's having issues surrounding uh, their prostate, which may cause them to think they have prostate cancer, or it could be prostate cancer, and they're pushing that to one side. It's about talking to someone to to get that answer. And obviously, in your case, you have a a condition which is very well hidden sometimes, and it's through testing that uh, you've been able to make sure you're treated to ensure that you can live a full and normal life.
7: Yeah, and I think that's it. You know, for me, getting tested was a, was was a huge fear because um, going to the surgery, and again for many for many men, walking into a, a clinic or walking into a hospital is a fearful. Um, experience because you don't want to walk in there and bump into somebody you know. You don't want to walk in there and bump into a family member, or walk in and realize that the doctor or the nurse are sitting in front of you lives two doors down the street from you. Especially if you live in small rural areas, you don't want you don't want to know that. So to o- overcoming that um, in the first place is 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 a difficult thing to do, and we need to kind of you know eradicate eradicate them fears um, and realize that you know getting getting the result you need, whether it be a positive, negative test, um, or whether it be a diagnosis that you're embarrassed of, but you learn to not be embarrassed about it because the pharmacist has given you, or the doctor has given you the information and the knowledge that actually you realise that you're not the only one who has this this ailment. So you have nothing to be embarrassed about. And also just to start the treatment because, you know, if you don't start the treatment, then physically... You understand that your health could deteriorate by not confronting it, by not accepting it. But also in many cases, your mental health will deteriorate as well. Because when you're harboring a secret, you're kind of living in fear. And living in fear and waking up every day and you know being afraid that somebody's going to find out about the secret you're harboring, or somebody's going to tell somebody else, then unknowingly, again, you'll kind of end up being in a spiral that will lead into pretty dark, depressing places as well.
1: Absolutely. And you know, there are conditions which, uh, with an early diagnosis and an early treatment, can get picked up. And we can make sure that you get the the, the fastest, best treatment, which is going to be least invasive as uh, as well. Uh, and, Mac, obviously, uh, when it comes down to talking to your pharmacist, it's a vitally important step in the healthcare chain. It is an extension of what the NHS does.
9: That's correct, Jason. I mean, erectile dysfunction is just such a sensitive subject and most men uh, struggle to find the confidence to actually come and speak to a pharmacist. Uh, In some cases, they don't even go to their GP practices Um, and uh, the, the new service that we've actually launched online will actually help encourage men to actually either go online and complete a questionnaire um, online and so that the GP can then review this and then, uh, then after reviewing it, then prescribe the medication accordingly. Now, the customer have a couple of choices there. Then uh, from their perspective, they can actually go into the pharmacy and pick the medication up, ask more questions around their medication. Alternatively, they can actually pick the, uh, get the medication delivered to their home address. What's interesting was, uh, Jason, um, as, as part of this, um, this review that we've actually done, six in 10 men stated that they were likely to seek treatment without having to see anyone. So with the launch of this online doctor service, it just encourages that another avenue for, uh, for people to actually see uh, a doctor online. Or, uh, and the other methods still exist, such as speaking to your pharmacist in a supermarket setting, or speaking to your GP. So we're just giving more access, more ease of access to people so that they're they're not having to hide from, from, from these conditions.
1: Yeah, don't hide from the condition, don't hide from the diagnosis and certainly not from the treatment. And it's a, it could severely affect your life if it is something which is uh, a progressive condition that, you, that that isn't being picked up. But even something like, as you've talked about here, erectile dysfunction, this can affect your mental health as well as your, your, your social uh, interactions with with your loved ones. So, you know, it is all about making sure that you're keeping yourself in the best condition, whatever it is. That is going wrong.
9: Yeah, yeah, you you really touched a point, and Gareth also mentioned it as well around mental health. And uh, I, I think having an alternative solution of actually accessing the medication uh, online just will improve people's confidence, self esteem. They won't feel as depressed going forward. They can carry on with their lives as normal. And I think that's the most important thing to get across. The sooner they get treated the sooner they can move on with their lives and not having to be hide it from from people they love, their family and their friends.
1: Yeah, and uh, again, I mean, back to Gareth and, and your situation, it could even be difficult for somebody who may not be out to be able to go and have that conversation with their own GP if they don't want their family to, to know about what's going on at the moment. They want to choose their own time to talk about it.
7: Yeah, that's the thing. and I, get, I, I think that's it's finding... It's, it's having that avenue to be able to find the trust in someone that you're harboring, you know, you're harboring the secret because you feel it could make you very, very vulnerable. So when you you want to, you want to be able to confide in somebody who will entrust that secret as much as you. Now, what I've learned uh, and what I've realized, you know, we've all spoken over the pandemic of how great the NHS is. And what I've learned is that that isn't a myth. You know, when I go to the hospital, I don't just have full trust in them because they're nice people. I have full trust in them because you know they 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 are they are amazing people and they do amazing things. And that's just the same with a pharmacist. I think when people think about pharmacists, you know, I think that some, a lot of people have more trust also in the pharmacist than maybe they do in 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 the NHS. So I think it's finding that avenue. It's finding that person of of trust. And once you have that one person of trust that one avenue, then you start hearing what they're saying. Mm-hmm. You, start, you start really listening to them and you start engaging with them. You start, and again, it's a way of realising that whatever your ailment, whether it be hey, living with HIV or whether it be erectile dysfunction, guaranteeing you are not the only person to have that condition, where you feel really unique but in a really negative way, the reality is, is when you start interacting with pharmacists, when you start interacting um, with, with doctors, with nurses, you realize that you were you, you one of many and then you don't feel as bad about it. You don't feel as alien. You feel like actually, you know, um, I'm able now to tell my family. I'm able to entrust in my friends because I don't feel that it's just me who's got this. I don't feel like I'm a problem anymore because I feel like I'm solving the problem because I've spoken about it to somebody
1: Absolutely. You've spoken to the right the right person, the right place, and it's time that suits you in a way that you feel comfortable. And this, Mac, is where the service that uh, ASDA are running here comes in. So where can people go for more information?
9: For more information, people can go to onlinedoctor.asda.com.
1: So you can check out there. You can talk to them about what you need to talk to them about and uh, you can hopefully make sure that any condition that you may have can be quickly and easily treated or at least you then get a a referral to take to the next stage of what treatment's required. Great.
9: That's
1: brilliant. Thank you. Well, MacDyn and Gareth Thomas, thank you both for joining us.
9: Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Jason.
1: With 60% of young people feeling they're going to be permanently disadvantaged by the pandemic, there's an awful lot the rest of the community needs to do to get together to make a difference. So that's what I'm joined now by Big Zoo.
4: Hello, sir. How are you doing? You all right? I'm good. You okay? I'm fine, thank you. You,
1: you are young. I'm, I'm not. You used to have an idea what's going on with, with people out there of, uh, of a youthful age. And it hasn't been an easy time for anybody, but it's particularly hard hit those with less life experience to fall back on.
4: Yeah, um, 100%. The COP have done a report on social mobility looking at the impact COVID has had on young people and the overall feeling is that young people will be permanently disadvantaged by the pandemic. You touched on the fact that 60% of young people feel like um, this this is the feeling going forward. So, I mean, all the proof is in the pudding. The younger generation definitely are the most at risk for problems going forward from COVID so Mm -hmm. the change definitely needs to come
1: yeah I mean because they're feeling it's going to be harder to get a job because of increased competition Uh, although there has been quite a lot of work around at the moment but again it's for those with experience and this is where those through 18 through 24 are going to fall down when they're looking for work in particular Uh, but also you've got the concerns about whether they are going to continue in further education because they don't know quite the value of what they're going to get and it's not the education they were necessarily expecting
4: yeah, exactly. I mean, the 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 kids that have paid for university in the past two years have definitely not had the experience compared to the people before them. You know, doing doing lectures online and not being able to experience many things in person, um, paying the exact same money that they uh, we had to pay before. So it's, it's it's hard to be optimistic looking forward, but there are different schemes and things being worked on to to make a change, and that's that's definitely what's needed right now for young people. I think I think it's very important.
1: Yeah, and it is about communities coming together and the co-op work with a number of
4: charities who are trying to help out in these cases. Yeah, 1 million percent. And and, and that's what I think is amazing about what the co-op are doing. You can check out um, all the work that they're doing at co-op.co.uk for game changers. Um, they've set up an academy um, to, to help across England with people getting into um, different things. They've also got um, virtual work experience to, to help with the problem that you spoke about, which mm. is about the fact that people need experience to get into jobs, but young people haven't worked before. So how do they get into that? Um corporate doing stuff um, with virtual work experience to get people in into jobs. And I think I think that's what's most important is that if if companies and people can get behind supporting young people, then this big disparity that's being created can can slowly get resolved.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and it's also a turn of influencers like yourself, I mean, in your world of rapping and TV presenting, a load of kids look up to you. And, uh, you know, it, with with what you do, uh, obviously you can be an inspiration and c- cause them to, to to think a little bit as well. And and, and you being involved in this campaign, that must hopefully really work to, to let them know there is something going on that they can get involved in. There is help out there.
4: Yeah, hopefully. That's, that, that's exactly the point. And I feel like, Um, With my music, I definitely have always spoken about the challenges that young people go through. Um, I've made freestyles, I've done songs, I've done videos, and I've always just wanted to motivate um, the younger generation to to stay focused and be positive about their their route and journey through adulthood. And um, anything more I can do to support them, I definitely will. But I feel like it's not just on people like me, it's not just on companies, it's also on the wider public to realise that there's an issue and, and try and put as much effort as possible to, to help resolve it because I feel like if we don't support the younger generation, we'll, we'll see the impacts of this in, in our economy in the future.
1: Absolutely, and uh, those younger people are the ones who we need in work to pay the pensions of those people who are older and retiring, because that's how <laughs> our system works. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's it's a it's a big circle. We all have to support each other in some way, and uh, we have to make sure that we get uh, an idea of, of of this sense of community. And this is from all ethnic backgrounds. And I, I know that the different ethnicities are seeing this uh, in in harder ways than others as well. And so we we need our whole community to come together as one.
4: Yeah. One million percent. And and I think that's that's what COVID kind of taught us is, is that is that strength and unity. You know, there was there were different moments throughout the pandemic where we needed to come together regardless of where you're from, because it it needed an overall effort from everyone. It needed a fight. And that's what young people need right now. They need someone to fight their corner. They need people to to be invested in how much this pandemic has affected them. And, I feel like we, if more, more impact that we can have from companies and people, like I said, um, will make the change. And mm-hmm. we can't forget about the younger people. We can't just leave them behind and act like what, what's going on. The, what, what's important to realise is that we're not saying that everyone hasn't been affected by the, the pandemic, because we all have. Mm-hmm. But it's just the amount that it affects young people and knock-on effect it has for the rest mm-hmm. of their lives.
1: Yeah, and, and the fact that, as I said before yeah, they are not prepared in the same way because they haven't seen anything like this we all have ups and downs in our life and the downs help us make the ups bigger and higher and better and we grow and uh, and we get stronger from that but if you haven't got that already it does make something like the way the pandemic has panned out very difficult for people which is the reason the CARP have been working with the likes of uh, the youth group, Mind, Inspire SMH, uh, Youth Empowerment Fund and, and Hub to bring this hub together so where can we go for more information on the work the CARP have done.
4: Yeah. Like I said, you can go to co-op.co.uk uk forward slash game changers and you can see um some of the work that they're doing and just keep just keep up with everything that's that's going on with the academy's virtual work experience.
1: And what else have we got going on with you at the moment? Come on, there must be some massive
4: projects you've been working on. <laughs> um, I've been I've been finishing my album my album's coming out in October um starting to film a new program with with, with BBC three I'm called hungry for it that's going to be with Stacey Dooley. Um, Doing a little bits and bobs here and there, just trying to just trying to stay active as much as possible.
1: Okay, where are you on the socials? Then where can we
4: track what's going on? Uh, you can follow me on everything at its big zoo. So I T S B I G Z U U. Um, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, all the all that good stuff to get daily zoo updates of my life.
1: <laughs> we need a bit more big zoo in our lives for definite. That is the way <laughs> it is. Thank you, sir, for joining us. I appreciate you for having me. That's a lot for this week. Thank you so much for joining me back with episode 639 next week. I look forward to having you along. See you then. Ta-ra for now.
0: Goodbye from the mill bar. Goodbye from the mill bar. Goodbye from the mail bar. Goodbye from the mail bar, Goodbye from the mail bar,